Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to the all new Midnight Movie Club. Welcome back, brand new episode of the all new Midnight Movie Club. I'm your host, Lester Rowe, filmmaker, director, all that type of fun stuff. As a reminder, if you're new to the show, uh, the Midnight Movie Club contains spoilers. I always will contain spoilers. I will not say spoiler alert. So if you want to know what films talk are talked about, look in the show notes and the information, the um, timestamps to figure out what is talked about so you can skip over it or skip to the next, next subject. Or if you hear me bring up a show and you think that you haven't watched it or finished watching it, uh, feel free to uh, skip ahead or know that you need to skip ahead. Arrowfilms.net is the website. A-R-O-W-E films.net. Or you can follow me on social media, Arrowfilms, A-R-O-W-E films. You can feel free to go to Instagram and go to uh, Midnight Movie Pod. But honestly, don't really post a lot there. Everything is on the other social medias. Or you can go over to the YouTube page, YouTube page, like, subscribe, all that type of fun stuff. Anyway. Look, so the whole thing with my website, right? So someone, I've, you know how you lose, like, your credit card. I lost my credit card. And uh, I, uh, you know, you replace it. Now, you forget how many things are attached to that card. You know, you attach, you know, of course, your bills, your cost of living bills, things like that. And over the time, you kind of figure out, oh, shoot, this didn't get paid, or I got this notification, or this bill is coming up. I need to make sure my card is ready to pay. Well, the website you pay yearly, and I didn't get the notification that it was time to pay. But I realized, hey, it may be time to pay for my website. So I go over to my website page, and I find out two months late. Two months late, which means... It's gone. The the name, the name, the name was gone. So I had to deal with that. So I was fighting to find out, like, all right, let me get my film, get my name back, because what's attached to the name is a couple movies, uh, all my business cards, all my promotional material that's out there in different locations. I've had this same dot-com forever, probably more than a decade. And I'm like, this is a problem. Of course it's a problem. So they say, hey, you can reach out. If you want this, you can reach out to the person who owns this if they want to, you know, sell it to you. Okay, cool. What's the information? Uh, look up in the database. So I look in the database. I go through everything to try to figure out what's going on, who I can reach. China. Motherfucking China. China. Got my website. I don't know why they need my website. They're not even using it. It's parked up. So I reach out. Hit them with the in, uh, the electronic mail. Some of you know it as email. Reach out to the guy. Can't say the name. I'm not going to say name because I don't want to offend my Chinese listeners at all. So I'm not going to do that. Reach out. Can't say to so-and-so. Can't reach the name from this place in China. Didn't get back to me immediately, but got back to me the next day. Next day, I get an email 
email had a price on it. Had a price. As you know, my website now is arrowfilms.net because clearly I was not about to pay that price. That price was $12,000. Now, there's nothing he can he or she can do with this website name. It's such a unique name. It's not even really an easy name. You have another film company that goes by Arrow Films, A-R-R-O-W. I was thinking maybe they scooped it up because they didn't want, you know, that property to be out there. No, what them? Whole different company. So the company that has my website right now really don't do nothing but just hope that people will spend the money and desperately need that website. I'm not him. I'm not that person. I'll figure out another way. I'll deal with the headache for a year. Unfortunately, that's going to make a long year, but uh, I know the next go round, what I will have to then own is both arrowfilms.com and arrowfilms.net. Because for the people who get used to .net, uh, uh, would then not want to change. They have a logged in, and I don't want any more extra confusion. So I got to own more things to secure my situation. I also own another website. That's not developed, so I'm not even going to promote it. So that's the situation with the website. I didn't mention it last. Uh, I didn't mention it. Uh, this is the first time I'm really mentioning I'm just realizing. So many things have happened. <laughs> I have an episode coming up. Oh, speaking of, the last episode that you heard with Lindsay Doolittle. She will be uh, in town again during the Tallgrass Film Festival uh, showing her film, uh, Good Night, uh, Mr. Van Gogh. That episode, man, was a lot of had a lot of controversy, man. Y'all spoke up. I heard, I read, I saw, I listened. Um, and I get it. You know, there's a lot of uh talks on self-harm or suicide, if you will. So I strategically said self-termination because the way algorithms and things work, you can't really just say suicide. They kind of suppress. And I thought her story was important enough to need to be shared. One thing that bothered people is that we talked about the police department and the police force that didn't support her. I understand. But also, 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 during Black Lives Summer, I realized sometimes the police department can be tough. And it's even bizarre to me, not really, that the police department will be tough about its own. Not in a uh, chivalrous way, not in a righteous way, but uh, because they just didn't want that blemish on the department. I get that. Also, some of you wasn't taken too kindly to her being an atheist and not believing in Christ, uh, believing in religion or a God or a higher power, which I also understand that too. But we're two different people. I believe, as I said in the show, that people should have a platform to say some things. And I'd rather much give my platform to someone speaking uh, about something I don't believe in uh, or, or uh, um, let's say support responsibly than to give someone I do agree with the platform to say something irresponsibly. That happens quite a bit. That's just not what we're doing. So I heard, I listened, I get it, but the story was still important. That didn't negate what happened to her or her experiences. As you listen, you heard, you know, that's kind of was a tough thing for her to deal with. Get it. I get it. So, um, but I do appreciate the feedback. I want more feedback. Tell me everything you think. Tell me what you think about any other show. We've really been building this show up. I can honestly say um, in these episodes, uh, and we are now have a bonus episode that we are doing 
called Overtime. Overtime. MMC Overtime. What I think I'm going to do with that, you know, Paige was the first one we did Overtime. I have a couple episodes in the vault right now that are also being Overtime that are coming really, really soon. What I want to do with that is uh, not necessarily be locked into talking about film and TV. We talk, I mean, obviously the show right now, we talk about whatever, but those things that just kind of go off the beaten path or, you know, as little bonus things that we might want to talk about and, and not, you know, have the video, you know, we just want to vibe, uh, give you something a little extra to go with a show that you can kind of just get with. Uh, I know we have one with the, uh, I don't want to say give away too much, but we talk a little bit more about Colts in one of the episodes that I'm looking forward to uh, putting out. So that, that'll happen really, really soon. Uh, actually, it'll happen in about two weeks. You'll get another one of these bonuses. I've contemplated the whole Patreon thing. I don't know what I'm going to do there. If I'm going to do something, use the bonus episodes there, uh, get a few coins to help produce this show, keep it keep it going. Uh, got a nice support structure with the show, but hey, you know, gas. <laughs> gas is high. That's a thing. So that's a possibility. But right now, for now, it'll still be a free episode that we'll just drop as a bonus, a little extra jewel or gem that you can get everywhere you stream. The bonus, the MMC overtime would definitely always will be streaming. Those won't be video episodes, so you'll be able to just listen. So you don't have to worry about watching. Um, with that said, the video episodes have been doing great. This isn't a video episode. I'll tell you why. I've been doing a lot. I had a lot, a lot of things going on um, in terms of different productions, different things I'm I'm working on and doing. So I'm not, I, I'm actually not even with my camera. I'm recording this uh, while I'm out. And, uh, uh, so that kind of explains why there's no video for this episode, but really not even really necessary right now. Let's see. Uh, that's enough for the banter, the, the not banter, but you know, the ex excess. I'm going to talk about what everybody else talking about. There's only one thing happening right now. There's only one thing any and everybody is talking about. And guess what? We're talking about it too. Dahmer. Dahmer on Netflix. Now I'll tell you right now, I haven't finished it. So if you was about to kind of tune out because of spoilers, hey, I haven't even finished the whole thing. I'm five episodes in. Five episodes in on Dharma on Netflix. Say, man, this show is one of, can I speak freely? I want to speak freely about this show. So um, I don't know if I'm going to say trigger one. I might say some things that bother some people. I hope that you bear with me because this show it's one of the most intense shows I've ever seen. And the conversation around this show is some of the most intense shit I've ever heard and read and see, all that. It's just a lot. It's crazy how this one show has just really struck a chord with so many people and so many walks, paths, and lifestyles. But Dahmer, um, where do I start? Episode one, if you haven't watched it, Watch it. Actually, if you haven't watched it, I don't know if you should watch it. I don't know if you should. Because, okay, what do I want to do here? Because, okay, here, it's a lot. It's a lot. The first episode drops. I watch it. I see it. 
I see people talking about it. I plan to watch, but I don't think I need to watch right now. I have this whole thing of like waiting till the hype dies, but I didn't have a lot going on. I'm really trying to sit myself down because I got a lot of things coming up that I want to work that I'm working on. This now has kind of started. Uh, so I took a few days, a few weekends to myself to really kind of calibrate. And so I said, hey, let's just watch Dahmer. Watch Dahmer. And uh, about Jeffrey Dahmer, serial killer, cannibal, gay, who also ate, pe- uh, well, cannibal. You get it, ate people. Uh, so, you know, we go from Army Hammer in the House of Hammer, who's pretending at least to eat stuff. We talked that talk about that with on uh with Paige from Pretty Pictures podcast. And now we get to actual fucking cannibalism with Jeffrey Dahmer. So this really happened late eighties, early nineties. He was captured. Uh he was captured, you know, sentenced to uh life in prison, I believe, and ultimately ended up dying in prison. I can't remember if he got killed in prison or Something else happened, but we'll just say he got killed in prison. Cause why not? Why not? It sounds harsh. Sounds cruel and unusual, especially if you're anti-death penalty. But uh I'm not. So if that's what happened, yeah. Yeah. Kind of deserved it. Kind of deserve whatever happened to him. First episode happens. It's one of the most intense first episodes of a, of a show I've ever seen. Really intense. Really a lot going on. Um, it starts with the victim, his first victim. Well, no, his last victim, rather. Uh, and, you know, it's one of these things where you already know what's happening. You know who's who. You know that some hijinks, if you will, are about to take place. Jeffrey Dahmer in a bar playing a classic, classic R&B record. I'll be sure. Night and day. Banger. Banger. I kind of appreciate the show just by having some of that little piece of the culture. You kind of know it's there because it want to let you know the exact year a song like this was popping. I'll be sure. Can't, man, light skin in. And it's giving you the culture because he apparently was in a black bar club whatever so he hits on these uh he runs up he 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 uh fuck it hits on these three men three or four men at the bar all black jeffrey dahmer was progressive apparently he was ahead of his time he had jungle fever he liked a little interracial situation so he's talking to the guys buys him drinks asks him hey man you want to come take some pictures Wanna come back to my place? <laughs> he goes, you wanna come back to my place and we can take some pictures, right? Now, whatever. The guy goes, one of the guys goes of the three. You know, walk back to Jeffrey Dahmer's place to take pictures, if you will, after having some drinks. Now, if you at the club, at the bar, whatever it is, someone asks you to come back to their place damn near at midnight to take pictures, you got to know what time it is. You got to know what's on the menu. Something is on the menu, man. I don't even say that as a pun. No pun intended, if you will. I didn't really mean what I said, what I said menu, but now that we know where this show goes, 
You got to know what's on the He didn't know what was on the menu, that menu. He didn't know he was on the menu, but you got to know something's on the menu. So go back to Jeffrey's place. He's like, hey, man, won't you come on in the bedroom, man? I want to watch a couple shows. We'll, we'll take some pictures, but come, you know, I want to watch this show. Now, shit is weird. Shit smells weird. Things is crazy. But the dude, he stick around. I guess he really need that couple of dollars for taking them pictures, and he was more than willing to watch some TV with him. Next thing you know, Jeffrey Dahmer hits him with some handcuffs. Man, what the fuck you doing, Shane? Nothing, man. Just, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll lighten the mood. I'm just having fun. Bop, bop, bop. Bing, 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 right? So now they're watching this little show. They're watching, no, they're not watching the little show. They're watching the movie. They're watching The Exorcist. Right? Watching The Exorcist. Now, by this point, Jeffrey Dahmer pull out this big-ass knife. Big motherfucking knife. Like, hey, you're going to stick around. You're going to kick. People are always leaving. You ain't leaving. You're going to watch The Exorcist with me. You're going to enjoy this shit. Now, have a seat on the bed. I'm going to sit next to you. I'm going to make these sounds that sound weird. I'm wearing these serial killer glasses. Yeah, because for whatever reason, nothing about me looks strange. White dude in the club talking to a couple black guys. Apparently not gay, is gay. Who the fuck knows? And at midnight of all times of night, you decide. Uh, I'm also asking you if you want to come take pictures. You pull up. You smell a weird smell. You ain't tripping. I hit you with the handcuffs. You ain't tripping. You keep going down and being cool with the situation and uh, made a poor decision. Now you're going to sit here and watch TV. So he sit there. He sit there. Now he's alarmed. He knows something ain't right. So he like, let's go take some pictures, man. Let's go take some pictures. Then he starts seducing them, kissing on them, licking on them, acting up, touching out, feeling on them. The dude to Jeffrey, if you will. Jeffrey like, all right, all right, get, get off me. It felt good, but get off me. Right? Then they go to the next room. Take some pictures. Get the camera, Jeff. <laughs> get the camera. Did you want to take some pictures? Get the camera, Jeff. Come on, get the camera. <laughs> My man is dancing in the living room, trying to be seductive and seducive with Jeffrey Dahmer. Man just got through laying on him, feeling and touching on him, all this stuff. Now he trying to save his life. He's saving every bit of his life by dancing sensually, sexually, seductively. Things that you normally see in a regular movie, straight film, or whatever. Get the camera, Jeff. Come on, get the camera. Let's take some pictures and get the camera. Now he looked crazy. He built kind of funny. <laughs> My man in the living room dancing in some damn bugle boy jeans. <laughs> Get the camera, Jeff. Come on. Get the camera. Then Jeffrey go to the next room, come back. My man trying to get away. Smashed him in the head. I don't know what he smashed him in the head with, like an ashtray or some shit. And then he get to the door, can't open the door. Now, at this time, he should have known better. If the door is stuck, you got to put some weight on the door, then unlock it. That's how that works. That's how that works. At this point, if I ever go to a house and I can't turn it locked, 
put some pressure on the door, then you can unlock it and open it. He didn't know that, but eventually he did. Because he was too busy to tell him, get the camera, Jeff. <laughs> get the camera. <laughs> Yo! So, anywho, uh, all this, I'm making fun in light of it, but, man, this is, like, one of the most intense-looking situations and scenes where you just holding your breath. I was holding my breath during this moment because it was so, you know what's going to happen. You know the situation. There's blood on the mattress. There's situations where you look around, you in this, it, it don't smell right. It's so many reasons why this man should have never left, should have ne- never stayed. But he got to the point where he was dancing in the man's living room saying, get the camera, Jeff. Get the camera. <laughs> so anyway, my man gets out. Uh, Niecy Nash, who who plays uh Jeffrey Dahmer's neighbor, looked like every look. She looked like a put like this. Niecy Nash looked like if she couldn't act and never got into some money and stayed in the project, like she really looked the part. She looked like an old black lady that you've seen before if you hang out with black folk, old black grandmothers, aunties. She she looked like an old black auntie. Uh, so anywho. The first episode was intense. It was crazy. And I thought that, okay, this is just a good hook. You get, because you, you know these shows on Netflix, you know, it'd be 10 part, a whole bunch of episodes. First episode be fire. Second episode be like, eh. Now, now with Dama. At least through these first five episodes, every episode, it keeps wrenching it up a little bit, man. It's an episode where my man, uh, 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 does a uh he buys some beers for some some guys st- sitting outside the gas station, and then he do the same thing. Man, won't you make come make some money? Come make some money with me. Come back to the crib. He he had a stick at this point, so the little the boy come back to the crib. Come to find out, thirteen years old, thirteen year old boy, who uh apparently knew Dahmer because of some shit that Dahmer. Deal with his brother. Not no gay shit, just some regular shit. And uh, that situation, uh, Dahmer was, man, he had this drill. Another So now we all know Jeffrey Dahmer is hanging out with a 13-year-old, right? And now Jeffrey playing it cool, playing it like some catch of the pr- to catch a predator shit, some Scott Hansen shit. You know, he's playing it like when you watch them shows and dudes know that the guy – the guy girl is underage and like man it's all right it's cool you know no big deal just eating some cookies right here with my shirt off no big deal um so jeff uh jeffrey Dahmer, still having a conversation and he tell him hey man take these drinks man i got some drinks you got to drink the whole thing made him chug it back he chug it back my man fucking start to lose uh lose uh his faculties a little bit now, you know, again, you've seen him kill already. You know what he's about. You know this kid is 13 years old. Jeffrey's just chilling. Next thing you know, the kid falls out. Bam, bam. Blackout. Wakes up on the bed. Little, little woozy. Little woozy. And then I forget what happened in this situation. The next thing you know, Jeffrey Dahmer pick up a fucking drill. Like he finna drill, I don't know, like a lobotomy. Right? Lobotomy is like kind of when they, they they basically drill into your skull. 
to kind of release pressure, maybe some mental health situations. This is what we know he is planning to do with this 13-year-old little boy laying on his bed. Get the drill. Go to black. We think the unthinkable has happened. The little boy wake up. Jeffrey Dahmer must have left. No, not must have. He left the crib. Now, somehow he was able to look. 13-year-old understood how to unlock doors. Get the camera, Jeff. He didn't for whatever reason. So kid gets out. He's walking down the hallway of the apartment naked. I don't know where Niecy Nash was. He gets outside. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He gets outside. Niecy Nash and family ends up helping him. He's sitting on the couch. They like, where you where where you supposed to be? Police pop up. Right? Police pop up. And uh uh what happened? Here Jeff come around the corner. That's my boyfriend. Nick, what? Yo, what? This is what you prepared to say? This little boy? Now Niecy Nash and family, they looking like, man, that look like a kid. They look like a child, man. Ain't no damn way that's his boyfriend. Y'all look at him. Look at him. He 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 messed up. And then he's like, yeah, you know, he did some drinking and that's why he's bleeding. He fell. We had a little argument. You know how couples fight. I mean, he was fucking swear. Like he he got he got the work on working on the police. And then here's the thing, man. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. So then Jeffrey get him back in the crib. They let him, oh, they let him in the crib. They say, we'll take him back to the crib. Police like, uh, <clears throat> police like, yeah, well, let us check out the crib before we, you know, uh, let you go. So now you're thinking, uh-oh, uh-oh. Because by this point, there's all kinds of things in the, there's all kinds of things in Jeffrey Dahmer's crib to let you know this shit is not finna fly. That dog is not about to hunt. All right, police get to the crib. They get inside the home. Police officer, keep in mind, this 80s, 90s, AIDS is a big thing. You know, STIs. Police officer go, hey, ain't no shit in here gonna fuck with me, right? Like, you ain't got nothing going on. Because they afraid of gay people by this point. It's a whole gay fear. Like, nah, ain't nothing gonna stick you. (laughs) <laughs> um. so they kind of just walk around living room they get to the bedroom like hey what's going on up in there now here this is a problem Jeffrey got blood and shit all on the damn mattress if they open up a drawer he got pictures and photographs and then he showed them photographs he showed them photographs see we he lives here cause I got pictures of him in here Where's his ID? Ah, he lost his ID. Just a whole bunch of nonsense. Uh, uh, and so, uh oh, uh, um, so they let him go because they was afraid of some gay shit. Man, it's like so many instances that uh, Jeffrey Dahmer should have been caught and wasn't just for the simple fact that people just, I don't know, man. I don't know. So I'm going to talk about that part because I had to ask some folks like, hey, man, every time I turn on TV, people talk about Dahmer. They keep talking about gay and Latino men and how there's no uh, gay uh, gay 
black and Latino men, how there's no support. And I'm watching, I said, man, I don't watch five episodes of this show. I ain't seen none of this. I don't know how y'all coming up with these think pieces about the the way gay and Latino men are handled in the world. Cause I'm like, if anything, it show how progressive relationships was back in those days that a black and Latino person would go fuck with this white man who looked kind of creepy. And why this creepy looking white man somehow just had a taste for uh, minorities. No pun intended. I ain't really mean like that, but you get what I'm saying. Jeffrey Dahmer had taste for and in black and Latino men. That's all I'm saying. No one is looking at that as progressive. All right, fuck it. I'm fucked up. I'm wrong. Whatever. I'm just saying that was Jeffrey Dahmer's taste. Pun and no pun intended. I don't know. I'm just having fun at this point. But look, instead of talking about how progressive that is, they talking about how he groomed people, how little uh, 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 black and Latinos were groomed. I just did not get it. So I asked somebody about it. He was talking. They told me kind of about, you know, what the AIDS uh, epidemic was doing back in that time and how Jeffrey Dahmer was able to get away with what he got got away with because that people were so afraid of, of of AIDS and gay people and that whole thing that they just didn't want to deal with it. There's another gay or F word out the way or uh or let them kill each other. You know, this whole thing. So they weren't really worried about it, so they just kind of let shit happen. I mean, that's one edge of it. Another thing I kind of looked at, I, I hesitate to even bring this up because it makes Jeffrey Dahmer a sympathetic character, but man, his childhood was fucked up. His childhood was rough. I don't know if that would have changed anything about, uh, you know, his will and desire to kill. You know, they talk about a surgery that may have had something to do with it, but I, I I, don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is one of the best shows I watched in a while. It's better than most horror shows. It's one of these shows where after watching, I know I got several episodes left, but five episodes in, if you was a part of the production of this and the editing, directing, writing, you took a break. They're taking a break right now. They probably won't even watch it. They probably won't have any part of the conversation. Because it looks like it had to be so draining and intense to produce these shows because of how dark it is, how intense it is. Uh, I got a friend of mine. I told her I was watching it. She going to send me pictures of victims, man. I wasn't even ready. She didn't even prepare me. She didn't ask me if I want to see it. She just hit the group chat and just sent it. Now I'm seeing the carcass of a man. I'm seeing, I make the joke, Jeffrey Dahmer was out here eating the dick. Right? I make this joke. She gonna send me a crime scene photo. Headless man. Arm, I think hands. Little penis on the side. Black dude. Right? I'm like, hey, you don't want to warn me? Like, and she used to work in a morgue. She was a mortician. So this has no phase into her. Me though, bothered me. I don't want to see that. I wasn't prepared to see that. Now I can't even open the group chat until I see, you know, all the stuff done went past. Somebody got to put some more pictures in the group chat so we can get that out of the temporary. You know what I'm saying? So, intense show, I think, I don't know if I'm going to say everybody should watch it. If you into that shit, you should watch it. That's all I'm going to say. 
I enjoy it. It's really dark. It's really fun. I hesitate, hesitate to say fun, but good. Uh, one show, one show we're going to talk about here soon. I got a guest, Taylor Bozer, uh, uh, to come on. We're going to talk Colts and things like that. We watched this, um, we watched this show, uh, and we'll talk about it later. We won't talk, we don't talk about it in, in the thing, in the podcast we did together, but it's called The Deep End with Teal Swan, about Teal Swan, T-E-A-L, Swan like the animal. Go look at it. We're going to talk about it later. If you haven't seen it, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a riveting documentary. I like to use the word riveting, astounding, astonishing. Uh, Teal Swan, I think is a three, it's on Hulu. It's a three-part situation, right? And uh, Teal Swan is supposed to be a spiritual guy, spiritual leader uh, by some, and some say she's a cult member, cult leader. Her group is a cult. I think this documentary is so worth looking at. It's three parts, 44 minutes of pop. If you got time, watch it because what it is, it's a documentary. It's, it's done in real time. So the first episode is kind of establishing who Teal is. I didn't realize that they let cameras in the group. Like they are embedded with Teal Swan and her inner circle for the entirety of the thing. And I'm sorry, man. We're watching a cult. It was a cult being a cult. It was this person a, a, a gaslighting people, uh, 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 telling people to uh, to self-terminate. Um, everything that she was talking about was so intense. And it's almost like, hey, do you realize that cameras are watching this? So I'm almost looking at it like, hey, if you are doing this like this, you clearly, you clearly... You have to do worse if the cameras are not around. I mean, we talking about her inner circle was like, hey, uh, uh, she was like, hey, I need protection. I need y'all to protect me. I don't want people in the group that's going to potentially uh, uh, create problems or doubt me and doubt what I do and blah, blah, blah. So, um, you know, that's from, you know, uh, significant others and children. So... I need the commitment that y'all not going to have kids. And it was like, yeah, we don't want kids. That's fine. We'll find whatever we can do to help you till crazy. Her, her look, look, I won't do this. I won't spoil it. Go watch it. Go watch the deep end. D E E P E N D two words, three words all together. D deep end. Uh, Teal Swan, T-E-A-L, Swan, like the animal, S-W-A-N. Go look it up. Go watch it. Watch three parts. It's a small commitment. We're going to talk about it on the show in a future episode. And uh, I want y'all, I want to know what y'all think. I want to know y'all opinion. I want y'all to tap in with me. And let's let, let, let's talk about that. Uh, What else going on, man? Uh, I'm going to look through my phone real quick because I had some notes. This is going to be a little bit shorter episode because uh, uh, got some things going on. But my man this week, my man Ben Burgess, new album coming out Friday. Man, we put a lot of work 
I don't say we. He put a lot of work in his album. It's been a long time coming. Uh, if you see, if you follow any of my profiles, you see some of the graphic video, video elements. We have a documentary that we made. Uh, the, uh, actually, it's currently, it's, it's still being worked on, but we have the making of a few records. Man, the beautiful thing about this, right? Um, it's called Tears the Size of Texas. That's the name of the album. It's the name of the lead single. I was there when the single was being made. At that time, we had no idea it would be the single. They just kind of recording the album, getting it done. I remember walking away, leaving, going, bro, they got to be the single. This is a good record. It's a country album. I was like, this got to be the single. It got to be. I said, what's even dope about it being a single is that I was here to capture it. That's so, it's, it's so dope. Fast forward a year later, it becomes a single. Is it a year later? Yeah, about a year later, it becomes a single. And uh, now it's an album. Is the title track of the album. It's what they push. And it's phenomenal, man. It's a great album. Um, ben Burgess wrote for a lot of artists that you know. The controversial star Morgan Wallen, who has a lot of problems. And one thing I'm happy about is I probably won't have to talk about that anymore with my man being able to drop his album. But Morgan Wallen, Florida Georgia Line, Lil Wayne, Jonas Brothers, uh, uh, a lot of people, Penn Strong, Diplo. Uh, man, it's just great to to now we in this position that we got this album we could put out. We could talk about our music. We could talk about, we could tell our story, continue this journey in front of the camera instead of behind the scenes. So very happy for him. His album is magnificent. It's great. Uh, we really look forward to, you know, what people think about it. Um, great team. Great team that helped make this album. Joy Moy is amazing. Watching everybody put put this album with Tom Bukovac on guitar, Jerry Rowe on drums for a lot of things. I mean, it's just great. And we was there to capture it, man. It's one of them things that I can't even believe that I was there to do it. I can't believe I was there to do it. Watching him and his element, watching the people work with him and the openness that they had with me to give me all this access to just do whatever I wanted to do. Um, and you'll see that in the uh, many, the making of the record. Uh, that's going to be an excerpt from the larger documentary that we're producing and putting out and hoping, you know, the best things in life come from it. Been on tour. It's just been an amazing experience. And uh, being that uh, the help be a part of it is great. I would have never expected it when it happened for me uh, uh, to get there. Uh, one thing, man, a fun fact about me and Ben when I was in the music thing, we actually got, rec we have records together, but we both did a talent show together. Me, him, another guy named Donovan, we did a song at our school, at high school, called at Arts Magnet, Booker T. Washington High School for the Performing and Visual Arts talent show we were both painters drawers sculptors all this type of thing and all three of us who did this song it took stage white dude me black dude r&b singer him just a guy who really fuck with music me doing rap and we made a record and fucking knocked the socks off of the building it's so dope that was like the beginning 
And it's crazy that fast forward all these years we're still kind of rocking um together. Um damn, it was something I wanted to say with that. Uh but anyway, it was a journey. It was a journey. Tears inside of Texas coming out 9:30, September 30th. To all DSPs. And I was supposed to be looking up this thing. Well, I was looking up. Honestly, I know what it is. It's uh, Netflix. Netflix and they're streaming, man. They're producing shows out of Netflix. Uh-oh. Hold on. Here we go. Uh, it's this thing <clears throat> to get into a little movie TV news since we're talking Netflix. Uh, it's about how shows get produced and picked up and continued on Netflix, right? And, and uh, you know, I'm sure all of us had a show we love on Netflix, and next thing you know, it doesn't come back. It's like, wait a minute. Why did this show get canceled? That was a dope-ass show. I can't even think of one off-rip because I'm kind of like, I just go with the flow, man. If the show didn't make it, it didn't make it. There's so many shows out there. I don't know if I had anyone I beloved. Actually, one of the shows that I did beloved that uh, is actually a Showtime show. I've talked about it many times, Flatbush Misdemeanors with my man uh, Dan. Uh, I ain't going to remember his name. Dan. I ain't going to remember his name, and I hate that I can't, but Flatbush Misdemeanors was a Showtime show. Did two seasons, hilariously funny seasons. And they didn't pick up for a third uh, season. It felt like, you know, Dan Perlman uh, and my man Weebay from uh, uh, The Wire, another great show. I mean, he killed it. They killed it. The whole cast killed it. Great, 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 great. Great comedy. Great black show. And it's not really a black show, but it, it showed a fabric in the side of black culture that you really don't always get. Um, so they got canceled. But I can't really think of another show, on, especially on Netflix, that I just fell in love with that didn't come back. But anyway, this whole article, and I'm going to just sum it up because I'm kind of ready to hit the hay a little bit. But they talk about they use analytics to figure out if they should bring a show back. So, uh, so it's never necessarily that people love this show or like this show or watch this show. There's some sort of analytic model that Netflix looks at to determine if this show is worth putting more money in. One thing they talk about in the article, when you think about other places like HBO, you know, we're talking kind of pre-streaming, a mix of streaming, non-streaming. Um, we're talking a mix of binge watching and appointment viewing for other major networks. It's a gut decision if they want to, want to bring a show back or not. If they feel like it's getting the traction or it's gotten the traction, they'll bring it back. Netflix is more data driven. So most people, I see something. If I see that it's appointment viewing, I may or may not watch it. For instance, the vow, the vows coming back on HBO about Nexium, another cult. I want to watch it. I thought it was going to be, uh, it's the second season. I thought it was going to be like, you know, one full 90-minute situation I could watch. Maybe a one, two, three-parter. Nope, 10 episodes. So they're going to hold me for 10 episodes week to week to week to week. 
Nah, I'm a commitment. Ten episodes is that's a lot. Uh, so and I'm not always willing to give that to something. I don't really watch multiple shows at once. You know what I'm saying? I can't commit that much TV time. I'm not one of them. I'm a creator. I gotta be able to get away from it. I need time to just decompress. But when you uh, create an appointment viewing situation or a multi-episode situation, most people are going to wait. And sometimes they want to wait for a second season so they know that, oh, this ain't going to be one of those ones that keep me in limbo. I can watch the season, talk about it a little bit, then jump right back into the next season. Well, that's bad for the analytics, right? Because everything don't get promoted well or strong strongly. We see this all the time. And Netflix is one of those. You don't really ever know because there's no, it's, it's, it's no, there's no uh, uh, ecosystem for promotion on Netflix. Their, mon- their main promotion is word of mouth. You know, if we go back to Dahmer, the conversations that have arised around Dahmer and just being this sick, dark, and it's true crime. True crime is almost a no-miss at this point. Dahmer is kind of self-sufficient. And so the word of mouth is so strong. But there's so many shows over there that have a great word of mouth. So maybe that front-end analytics is stronger as you get down the line. Well, you know, those analytics say, hey, is it slow? You know, what's causing it? What's the problem? What is this against? What is this fan base like? Oh, this niche don't seem like it's hidden. Like, they're looking at so many parts and pieces inside baseball. It's kind of almost how sports work when trying to decide if they want to draft, trade, or sign a player. Problem is, entertainment don't work like that. What's going on in the world? What's going on in the situation that makes a, sh- a show hit? Versus not hit. Uh, 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 what time of year is it? Is there something in the in the in the um, in the theater that's killing it? Is something on HBO killing it? Is you know what else is going on that people don't want to give that kind of time to something just yet? Some some shows are a slow burn. I tell you one that's a slow burn. It's a Jordan Peele joint. Lovecraft Country. Came in strong, heavy, hard up front. But it was a commitment, those 12 episodes. Because you just, the story not doing what it's supposed to do, but you're trying to wait it out. So then as it started, then it starts to fall off a little bit. Now you may leave, right? And say, hey, I'll let it finish up. I'm going to binge the rest of it. And you do that. Well, strong in the beginning, weak in the middle, strong at the end. I'm saying in terms of analytics go. They go, well, hell, you know, everything was fine, then it fell off. And then there was another surge at the end. Well, clearly, the writing, the building, the the development meant wasn't enough to keep a strong retention to invest a bunch of money we really don't know if you can do it twice because it looks iffy on these numbers now this is just pure analytics 
They're not going off a of gut. So now you got producers, many producers, lower level execs trying to fight for a film, TV show, or series to come back, get a sequel, get more money, all because of the data. You know, and the data can lie. The data don't tell the intangible. The, 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 the data draws the picture, but don't paint the picture. Gives you an outline, but don't paint the colors. And so, that's why you see what you see with Netflix. It's a tough game. It's a tough-ass game out there. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of creators want to get in that Netflix game. A lot of creators want to get in that streaming war and that streaming, getting the streaming boom. And it's hard to tell what to do. You know, that's why you really just got to believe in your team. Believe in what you can do. You know, I've talked about this before about, you know, marketing and promotion and shit like this. A lot of a lot of what happens in the mainstream, if you're not really looking at this thing from an art pretentious position, a lot of things in the mainstream is telling you what to do. Now you can fight against it all day. I've I've sat in circles with guys who fight against shit, fight against the industry. You're not you're not gonna win. You're never going to beat it. I work in a world where it's constant promotion. It's constant trying to figure out how to move that needle and touch it and and, and push moments together. You don't always hit it. You don't always nail it, but the thing you do get is practice at it. And you need practice at it because you need to understand analytics. That's why Netflix do it. They invest a lot into it. But you also need to be able to check the temperature, go with the gut. Your gut doesn't mean, yeah, I feel like we should make a sequel because I feel like we should make the sequel. Are the things around telling you, telling you that this makes sense to make this sequel right now, to gamble on this on, on this sequel or this renew or doing another one or using the same crew, editing the same style, whatever it is. Is enough shit there to, to, to validate that? A lot of people can't read or tell. And you got whole businesses that are trying to do this every day, all day. So, I think I'm going to leave you with that. Uh, I can't wait for the next few episodes to come. I'm going to have a critic, a movie critic on here fairly soon. I have actually an episode that I recorded a very long time ago and we lost the audio, unfortunately. And uh, so the sound is terrible. I'm debating between just putting it out because there's some great conversation had in there and y'all just bear with the, the audio or throwing it away. Maybe I'll make it an overtime and kind of give you the warning up front or I, I don't know what I'm going to do. But uh, that that's sitting in the vault. I'm trying to decide what to do with it. But I have a critic coming on. We might have uh, uh, a couple people who helped produce a film that I worked on, not produce, but worked on a film that I I uh, created and get some conversation going there. Uh, but the one we got with Colts, man, it's wild. It's wild. Because if you don't know where I'm at uh, in Kansas, uh, I'm about five miles from a Scientology place. Like a Scientology, like a L. Ron Hubbard Scientology facility. Yeah, yeah, 
That's a real thing. So I'm going to leave it with that. Shout out to my people out in Florida. Hurricane. A hurricane is about to come through there and adjust some attitudes and some feelings and thoughts. And uh, damn, I said this was going to be a short episode. It should say 52 minutes. So I guess it's going to be like a standard episode. Uh, but shout out to my people in Florida, man. Good luck, man. Hope everything works out. One thing about them hurricanes, man, they tell you that shit's coming. There ain't no maybe. That shit is coming. And uh, it's looking like it's going to be a bad one. Uh, Cat 4, I think it said Cat 4, maybe 5. Hitting that coast, coast over there near Tampa. Jackson, I don't know if it's Jacksonville. Wherever they at. But it's it's, it's in that panhandle as usual. Them people, I hope, know what to do. I hope the infrastructure is still solid and strong in Florida. Uh, uh, So just hope for the best. Uh, Hopefully by the next time. We record a new episode. Everything worked out. We're not in this crazy state of emergency because uh, we hate to see that. And uh, I got a whole list of events coming up soon. So we're just going to leave it with that. I'm going to finish watching Dom. Or if you've watched it or 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 finished it, uh, by the time you hear this, hey, man, go over to Facebook.com slash Arrow Films. Go over to Instagram. Go over. No, actually hit me on Twitter. I'm tapped in on Twitter, man. A lot of people are having conversations on Twitter. You could do that. Arrow Films, A-R-O-W-E Films on all social media. You go to YouTube.com slash same thing, Arrow Films. And it's all good. Arrowfilms.net, the official website. Go over to Midnight Movie Pod on Instagram if you want to do that. But don't really use it much. And um, see if I'm missing anything. Subscribe, leave a review. We need that. That helps the show a lot, actually. Uh, thanks for everybody who have been tapping in. It's been kind of a weird place to be on this journey of creating a brand new niche, leaving the old show, joining another show. But that's what we're going to do, man. I appreciate everyone who who is who's listening. Um, Yeah, clearly I'm tired because I'm rambling. Anyway, thanks for joining the club. Uh-huh.